Welcome, NFL football fans. That time again, time for another edition of NFL Football Talk. This is an Inside Sports production. I'm your host, Charles E. Smith Jr., and here we are all the way up to uh, week five of the NFL season. And, hey, it's been uh, quite surprising in many different ways. And remember, we're here every single week. Also, you NBA fans, the NBA is starting pretty soon. Uh, Anthony Barbera and Gerald Glassford are going to be bringing you weekly NBA uh, updates. And right here, some of you watching the webcast, you may wonder why I'm wearing an L.A. Kings hat. It's because I'm out here in Southern California, and the NHL is uh, going to start here in another day or so. And, hey, all due respect to all of you who are watching currently the Minnesota Twins and the New York Yankees in that fantastic wild card playoff game right here as we tape on Tuesday night, April 3rd. Okay, so let's go ahead and get right into it. I do not work alone here. I do enlist the help of just the very, very best. So here he is, the man many of you already follow on Twitter, and if not, you should be. You follow him at Chris L Sports. That's C H R I S L Sports. The pride of Rutgers University from somewhere in an undisclosed location in beautiful Southern California. Here he is, Chris Lardieri. Chris, what's happening out there, man? Uh, all is good, Charles. Thank you for another great introduction. I can't believe we're a quarter of the way through the season. And we're already in October. Time is flying by. Uh, the season, I mean, really looks like it's wide open right now. A lot of surprises so far. Yeah, it is. And, of course, you know, Atlanta, they go down. They fall from the ranks of the unbeaten. But everybody looking kind of vulnerable here. But just a few teams I wanted to focus on, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Oakland Raiders, and also the Baltimore Ravens. We look at the Ravens. First, they get dusted 44-7 to uh, the week, two weeks ago in London against Jacksonville of all teams and then the Steelers beat them 26 to 9 so in 2 weeks the Ravens have been outscored 70 to 13 uh time for panic there in Baltimore or what I would think so I mean that defense has completely imploded when you let Jacksonville put up that many points on you that's more shocking right. but uh, on top of that I don't know what's happened to Joe Flacco I mean he's become a shell of what he once was and uh yeah I I think especially in in that division where the Steelers could get some room and pull away. I mean, it could be a long season for them. Yeah, I think so. Now, and also I would think with the Steelers, when we look at the uh, AFC and how just wide open it is, as you talked about, also New England lost this week. They lose to, uh, you know, to Carolina. Who could have seen that coming? And uh, the Raiders, who many picked, you know, that was a trendy pick to go to the Super Bowl. But let's forget, I know Derek Carr got injured, so now they're going to get a, a pass for about the next two to six weeks or so while he heals. And you have E.J. Manuel out there trying to win games, which we all know how that's going to turn out. But let's not forget, they have some big problems here going in. They've been outscored, what, 43-20 to 20 in the last couple of weeks. And not only just outscored, but they're looking really just horrible. Their offensive line is getting completely dominated by by the other team. Yeah, and we've talked about this week after week this year. If you don't have O-line play protecting the quarterback or opening holes for the running game, look at the Chargers and the Giants. Uh, it's going to be a long season for you. And with Carr out, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really tough stretch. Only bright side is that it's here kind of in the uh, early to middle portion of the season if he can recover right. quickly. But look – They've already dirty down one to Denver, and that's another team that's going to be battling for a wild card spot and potentially a division with Kansas City and what's one of the best divisions in football. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, Cincy is finally they're one and three. They they beat the Cleveland Browns as everyone does, 
But to also Dallas Cowboys, they lose that shootout to the Rams, as we talked about last week. We have both picked the Rams, not to toot our own horns, but, you know, <laughs> beep, beep. That's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the Dallas, they're not uh, – they look to be a dominant team this year, and here they are now at 2-2, two and two, and they got Green Bay this week. So uh, they could be feeling a little bit fragile right now too. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, those defensive problems on that side of the ball have come home to roost. And look, Ezekiel uh, Elliott got what he wanted. He's playing. He may as well be suspended. He really hasn't been a heck of a factor this year in game one against the Giants. So when you stop Zeke and teams are daring uh, Dak Prescott to beat them, it's not happening this year. So, uh, oh, of course, the Cowboys nation is going to be calling for Jason Garrett's head any week now, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know, but you know, and then the flip side, we got to look at a team that's, uh, are they looking to shock the world or what? But the LA Rams, I mean, highest scoring team in the league right now. But what I'm concerned with with the Rams is not that they've put up, you know, 76 points over the last two weeks is good, but that defense, vaunted Rams defense, has given up 69 points. So they've scored 76 points over the last couple of weeks, and basically they've needed every last one of those points to win those games. Yeah, who would have thought last year they're also surprising 3-1 and one and they're winning in spite of their offense. This year, the opposite, in spite of their defense. Right. If Wayne Phillips can get things under control, I mean, look, I know it's early, things can change, but Sean McVay has done a tremendous job turning that team around, the morale, uh, working on the offense that would fit Jared Goff better. I've uh, got to give two shout-outs, two big fans of the podcast. Martin from Temecula Income Tax Services, good buddy of mine, an accountant, a huge Rams fan, and also Christy. She works at my son's school. Both of them always ask when the podcast is coming up. They're big fans. And look, I, they were happy when I, we picked the Rams last week. we got to give them a shout-out. Congrats to your team. All the crap you talk about the Giants is warranted. They stink. Your team looks like they're on the turnaround. And look, in the NFL, when you have a, a schedule, it's not as difficult. Those are the years when you can make your run at a, at a wild card at least. And uh, the way the NFC West is shaping up, I mean, I, I think the Rams, as crazy as people may think, uh, I, these are coming out of my mouth, but uh, they've got a shot. I mean, could they win the division? That's not without out of the realm of possibility. So uh, really a great story, especially in light of the fact that on the other side of the 405 freeway, the Chargers are a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, like, I forget which player said it, but it's like the Chargers pretty much have 16 away games every year. But anyways, uh, back to the Rams. We got to remember when they won the first Super Bowl in franchise history with Kurt Warner. Remember, they came out of nowhere. Uh, Trent Green gets injured and this unknown named Kurt Warner takes over. And, you know, March, let's look at the similarities there. Uh, you know, that team had Isaac Bruce. This team has Sammy Watkins. Uh, that team had a dynamic Marshall Falk in the backfield. This team has a very dynamic Todd Gurley. He's already got, I think, what's he got, seven touchdowns on the year? So, it, you know, it could happen. And also, that team back then, the whole thing was their defense was suspect, except for a few players. So, hey, it, it, crazier things have happened. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to def definitely not going to call it Rams to the Super Bowl this year, but Hey, don't be so surprised if uh, something incredible happens. Yeah, and I think you and I now should uh, try and get the, the workings on a uh, hashtag, greatest show on grass. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think it was greatest show about to move to Inglewood. Okay, well, let's go ahead. And, you know, you mentioned the Giants. Let's just talk about them for just a sec. Giants 0-4, done or what? 
There's one zero and four team in the history of the NFL that has made it to the playoffs. The 1992 Chargers. While it's very impressive, I don't remember much about that team other than I think Bobby Ross was the coach. So well, Stan Humphreys. Yeah, Stan Humphreys. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know he's a uh, a popular player down in San Diego. He got him to their only Super Bowl. But look, I'm not just saying that because I have little or no faith in the line and. The, the running game and the defense has imploded and Ben McAdoo, uh, this schedule is about to get brutal here heading into October and November, uh, including road games at Denver, for instance. I mean, that's not looking good right there with their pass rush. So um, yeah, I think it's time to hit the panic button and look, props to the New York Jets. Everyone said they were going to pull a Philadelphia 76ers, tank the season. They're two and two. They're the best football team in New York slash New Jersey, right? That's true. And if you pull a 76ers, that means you tank for 20 years, by the way. But anyways, uh, let's, let's not get into that. <laughs> okay, one last team I want to talk about, though. Got to give props. And it looks like they're developing well now. It took a couple of games, but now they're starting to look solid and settling into uh, basically what is a new offense. That's the New Orleans Saints, though. They got the last two wins here. But one thing is Adrian Peterson, their big offseason pickup, has not been a part of it. I think he has 27 carries for 87 yards, has yet to carry the ball 10 times in a game. So the Saints look like they're improving and settling in, but they're settling in without the would-be superstar running back, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, look, Adrian Peterson's a great running back. He's had a tremendous career. I, I think that tank is almost empty. Um, and we mentioned this a few weeks ago in the fantasy segment. Alvin Kamara, um, look, He's kind of become the new Darren Sproles. He can run. He's spry. Receives a, a lot of looks from Drew Brees, a lot of receptions in London on Sunday and a touchdown. Um, watch out for him. You know, if you haven't gotten him in fantasy, we'll talk about this later. Look for him because Sean Payton really likes what he can do in the offense. And frankly, I mean, I'm not a huge Mark Ingram fan, but at this point, I think he's a better option than AP. And uh, apparently the uh, either the Saints defense has gotten things under control or the magic elixirs to just play Jay Cutler week after week, right? <laughs> oh, boy, let's, let's not even – we're not even going to talk about my Dolphins. <laughs> it's just horrible. But anyways, you know, before we – of course, we do different segments here, and we're going to get into the uh, Picks of the Week segment and then our Gambler's Delight Picks, which is uh, good for those of you who may be going to Vegas this weekend like, uh, like Chris is and like I was two weeks ago. Fortunately, we weren't there in the week in between because we know what happened there. But uh, we'll get into that also. And then uh, fantasy football. Uh, Chris has got some great stuff coming up for everybody. But before we get into the pick segment, uh, Mr. Lardieri, you always have some wisdom for us. What you got? Sure. I mean, every year the, the first four games are a lot of surprises. And you got to look at the Buffalo Bills this year in addition to the Rams. Three and one, they could have easily won the one game they lost against Carolina. Mm -hmm. Even after everyone thought they were another team that was tanking, trading away Sammy Watkins, et cetera, uh, losing Jordan Matthews. This team keeps playing well. And Sean McDermott, uh, formerly of the Panthers, has really kind of changed that culture there. Their defense is swarming. Tyrod Taylor is doing just enough to not lose the game, not turn the ball over, be more of a game manager. And look, Shady McCoy running the ball is always a dangerous thing. You get a lead and control that ball, you're going to do well. Will they win the AFC East? Doubtful, but they are a good story. And then, too, another team that should be 4-0 was inches away in a debatable replay, the Detroit Lions. You know, we like to pick on Matt Stafford and, and Jim Caldwell, but – now, it's another team of finding ways to win, unlike previous seasons. And uh, I think they're going to give the Packers a run for their money. It should be an interesting NFC North. And then finally, uh, the Patriots defense, uh, just atrocious, especially at home. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, 
Matt Patricia needs to get that pencil out of his ear, and uh, or else Belichick's going to take the play calling over him. But uh, on top of that, you know, they've they've had a lot of losses on that side of the ball, and uh, cornerbacks are not playing well. And Cam Newton totally lit them up on Sunday. So uh, you know, maybe the Patriots still win that division, but I don't think they're as invincible as everyone thought they were in August. Yeah, there we go. And there's Cam Newton, I think, kind of adjusting to he's, – he's not going to have the arm strength that he needs all season, but he's going to have to adjust to that. And it looks like he's kind of getting there and learning how to play with the tools he has now, right now, as opposed to what he had uh, in seasons past and what he will have next year. you got to win with what you got right now, so he's doing a good job of adjusting. Um, let's go ahead and get right into it, though. We're going to pick one of the Carolina games. But to uh, set up the first pick for us here, the picks of the week – um, let's go ahead and look at our records for the, for the season. I'm sitting at 17 and three. I went a sparkling five and oh last week. Just got to throw that in there. Chris went four and one. Uh, he's at 15 and five on the season, but for the gambler's delight picks, that's where the games you could possibly put money on. I'm at two and two. Chris is a sterling sparkling four and oh. So Chris, the first pick of the week, uh, go ahead and break down game one for us. Yeah. Those resurgent Buffalo bills, they head into Cincinnati who, uh, Got off to snide and beat up on the lowly Browns, and it looks like Andy Dalton likes his new offensive coordinator. He's throwing well again. The Bills are a three-point underdog. Um, look, I think this is kind of like a, a tale of two teams here. Um, not quite sure what to expect from the quarterback play week to week from both, right. both gunslingers. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I just like the way they're playing on defense especially. They can contain A.J. Green. I, I think you've got a, that's a good uh, recipe for success against the Bengals. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, I like the way McCoy's running and uh, Tyrod Taylor. You know, been a skeptic over the years, but he's kind of pulling his uh, Alex Smith impression, wouldn't you say? And uh, I'm going to pick the Bills to win this one in an upset. Yeah, there you go. And Tyrod Taylor, he, he and E.J. Manuel are pretty much the same quarterback, except Tyrod Taylor can actually make some throws. That's the difference between the two of them. Um, you know, I like Buffalo, and I look at the teams that they've played, the way they played, 3-1 and one record, Cincinnati finally getting the new win, and hey, anytime you get a new offensive coordinator, what's he going to say? Oh, wait, you're going to trade, you're going to sign me right now, and we have the Browns coming up? Fantastic. So the Browns make any offensive coordinator look good. Buffalo's going to go in there. I got Buffalo. They're hot. They played some tough teams, won some tough games already. And, um, yeah, they're going to put Cincinnati down to 1-4. and four. I'm going to agree with you and take Buffalo on that one. Uh, it's good we agree, especially given your winning pedigree. <laughs> okay, and then the next game, uh, Carolina Panthers sitting at 3-1. and one. Uh, They're going to play the Detroit Lions going into Detroit. Detroit sitting at 3-1, and one, both teams. Uh, playing well right now, and like we said, Cam Newton is adjusting. Matt Stafford got the big contract in the offseason and uh, definitely proving that he's worth the money. So great test here for Carolina and uh, for Detroit, who's got a tough win there last week against Minnesota. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to take the home team here. I got Detroit. I like them to stay hot, stay rolling, and uh, I think Cam, he's going to miss – you know, even though he won without Greg Olson last week, but we talked about how weak the Patriots' defense is. So I'm going to go Detroit here. What say you, Chris? I'm going to agree. I really like the way on the defensive side of the ball the Lions are playing. Props to Terrell Austin, one of the uh, most underrated D coordinators in the league. And uh, this is a team that just finds its way to win. And while I was impressed with the way Carolina went into New England, I think that's partially a function of uh, – how poorly the Pats' defense is, and right. uh, you look too. They, the Panthers pretty much gave that game back to the Patriots. It shouldn't even have been that close or headed mm -hmm. to overtime potentially. So uh, 
Well, I think the Lions keep rolling at home. Yep, there we go. And why don't you break down the next game for us there, Chris? Sure. So game number three on our docket, we have the, pardon me, is my experience technical difficulties, the Seattle Seahawks. You're not hearing this incorrectly. One and a half point underdogs heading into the Coliseum to play the resurgent LA Rams. We know uh, historically over time, the Rams have played the Seahawks tough. Uh, Rams actually beat them there last year in their home opener in a defensive slugfest. Um, Different teams this year. The Seahawks defense, not as intimidating as it once was. They've had struggles on the offensive side of the ball, but apparently when you play the Colts, that, that fix a lot, fixes up a lot of your problems. Um, right. I'm going to go out on a limb here. You know, I've got a lot of Rams fans uh, listening to the podcast and watching us. I like the way they're playing, and I like the fact that they always seem to have at least one game a year where they sneak up on the Seahawks, even though they're a favorite, and that gives me a little bit of room to cringe. I'm going to pick the Rams to win this game. I think McVay knows how to call a good game. Uh, I also think that the Rams' defense is is poised for a turnaround, especially with uh, Wade Phillips' 3-4. Let's face it, Aaron Donald's kind of working off the rust. We haven't heard a lot from him yet, and uh, I think this could be the week where he gives Russell Wilson fits, and the Rams chug along in the great success story of 2017. Yeah, uh, you could be right on the money. And also, we know that the Seahawks have uh, offensive line problems uh, the Rams have a quick front seven there. I think they would probably feast on that. And also, I think if the Rams were going to fold under pressure, it would have definitely been this past week against the Cowboys on the road with Dak and Zeke on the other side in Jerry World. And they have, actually they were behind early. They came back. They, they played tough. And the playmakers made plays. I just like the way the Rams are rolling right now. And like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I saw Goff get into a rhythm against San Francisco, even though you could say it was just the Niners. But I saw something different. He continued it last week. And, hey, this week I got to go with the Rams also. Uh, I like it, Charles. You know, and just for full disclosure, we do not discuss our picks beforehand. This is pure coincidence. I am not gravy training off of Charles by any means. All right, so then uh, next game we got here, uh, Green Bay Packers. Packers sitting at 3-1, and one, going into Dallas, Dallas at 2-2. Two and two. The Packers, we know about their injuries, uh, Brian Balaga and uh, Bakhtiari on the other side. The two starting offensive tackles have battled injuries. Uh, don't know, you know, even if they do play, are they at 100%? Are they at 90%? Who knows? All we know is they're healthy enough to get on the field. And then Dallas, which is... Dallas, I think they're going to be feeling some pressure now. And now we're going to see this is one thing that Dak and Zeke didn't have to face last year because they got out of the gate so quickly. But now here they are at 2-2, two and two, maybe feeling a little bit fragile, and they're facing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So uh, tall order, I think, for the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the experience of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's been in these situations who knows how many times and has come out uh, on the winning side. So I got to go with the experience of Rodgers versus the inexperience of Dak Prescott on the other side. Uh, I'm going Green Bay Packers here, even though uh, they are a two-point underdog. Yeah, completely agree with you. For whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers seems to love to feast on the Dallas secondary. While he's got injuries, I know uh, Devontae Adams took a wicked hit on Thursday night against the Bears, was in the hospital. You know, someone like a Geronimo Allison steps up. You know, Ty Montgomery's banged up. That guy, you got uh, rotation coming out of the backfield to step in for him. But at the end of the day, yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't think either defense on, on, on of these teams are stellar, but I just I really think Rodgers will win this game on his own, like he did in the playoffs in January. Yep. 
There we go. And then, uh, so that's four of the five games we're going to break down, Chris, for the fifth and final game. It should be a doozy. Uh, break it down for us. On paper, another excellent Sunday night football matchup. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the lone unbeaten team in the NFL, head into Houston. They are uh, the the Texans are underdogs again at home. That was my gambler's delight pick last week. This week they're getting one point from the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> hard one. I've been going back and forth. You know, I really like the way Deshaun Watson's been playing. He's exceeding my expectations. Will Fuller's back on offense. Um, it's spreading the ball around Lamar Miller sighting last week. I know as rare as that is, they really beat up on the Titans, but for whatever reason, uh, watching the Monday night game, I like the way the offense is running. Andy Reid's incorporated this pistol as we talked about Kareem hunt right now, favorite for rookie of the year. And uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, watch for Justin Houston. He doesn't get a ton of talk nationally, but he's a ferocious defensive end. I think he could cause problems for Watson, uh, I think this is going to end up being an excellent game. By no means do I think it'll be a shootout. I don't think it'll be as ugly as the Bengals-Texans Thursday night game from a few weeks ago. <laughs> but, uh, I just think the Chiefs have momentum on their side, and they pull out a close one. You know what? I think this is going to be the first time we disagree. In fact, I'm sure of it. I'm going to go with Houston on this game. Uh, you know, you talk about Justin Houston on on one side, but then we look at the Texans. We got to remember uh, they got a quick front seven up there, even though Brian Cushing is suspended for uh, who knows how long. I think it was 10 games, but he's not going to be playing. But I like the way Houston's playing. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> but I like the way Houston's playing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, again, the confidence growing uh, week after week. You know, he can win close games, win the shootouts. Um I like the way they're going, and uh, it's going to be a good game. All you Chiefs fans out there, I got a few friends that are Chiefs fans. I'm not dissing your team or anything like that, but I'm going with Houston in this one. It's about time we disagree, Charles. Okay, there we go. So those are the five games that we're picking this week. So now let's go ahead and get into uh, the Gambler's Delight section. This is for a lot of people. Some of you might be in Vegas this weekend. And maybe you got $20 in your pocket. You're hanging out at the sports book. You wonder what you should place it on. Well, here we got some advice on maybe one of the one thing, the one football bet you should make. Uh, Chris, you're the Jersey guy. So, you know, I'm going to stereotype you into someone who obviously knows about gambling and let you go first on this one. You know, it, well, let's, let's be clear here. The reason you bring that up is because the state of New Jersey is in the news with a Supreme Court case uh, fighting for the right to legalize sports gambling <laughs> in my fine home state. So. You know, enough with the innuendo, but I appreciate that you're a man of current events and bring up New Jersey and uh, what remains to be seen if Atlantic City turns into a sports book. But uh, look, there are a lot of underdogs this week that I liked. Um, a number of them I considered picking. Uh, I wasn't about to go to the Texans three weeks in a row, even though I, I do think they have a shot. Uh, essentially, that game's a pick. Um, game I'm going to pick is uh, a game that when I look at it, I think no one's going to win this game. It's going to end in a tie, like one of those awful <laughs> late afternoon games, kind of like the Cardinals and the 49ers potentially could have been this past week. And that's the L.A. Chargers at the New York Giants in the someone needs to win this game, the, the Eli Bowl. Um, the Chargers are getting three and a half points. Now, I'm not about to go out on a limb and say they'll win because I don't know who's going to win this game, but I do think it'll be close, and that extra half a point may very well be the difference. <laughs> I will say this, a uh, favorite stat of mine, for whatever reason, and how I remember this, I don't know, but thanks to Google, I managed to find this. Philip Rivers is a perfect 2-0 and against the Giants. I know it's a small sample size, but for whatever reason, uh, he's got some bone to pick with poor Eli. So uh, 
Will the Chargers win? Quite possibly with the way the Giants are playing and giving up last-second field goals. So uh, Mr. Koo coming home to New Jersey may even kick a game winner at this point. But regardless, I say the Chargers, uh, maybe they fall short again and lose by three, but you still win your bet and everyone's happy. Okay, so uh, Chris, who is perfect on the season, by the way, at 4-0 with his Gambler's Delight picks, and he's going to say take the Chargers plus 3.5. Myself, I'm going with the uh, the Buffalo Bills plus 3 in Cincinnati. I like the way they're playing. It's going to take the Buffalo Bills a long time to get any respect from the gambling public because, well, they are the Buffalo Bills, and <laughs> that's just the way it is. But this weekend, I think they're going to put the league on notice by getting to 4-1 Take Buffalo and those three points. I believe they're going to win outright, but even if they lose, hey, those three points are going to help you. It'll be a close game. Buffalo plus three against Cincinnati. And remember with Chris, it is the L.A. Chargers plus 3.5 against the New York Giants. Take both of those, and you can thank us next week. Absolutely. Okay, so that's done. And now our final segment for a lot of the public here in the United States of America Fantasy football, everybody wants to know uh, who should you take, who should you sit, what defense do you take, the ins and outs and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over. I'm going to sit back and enjoy everybody in fantasy football land. Get out your pen and paper. Take notes. Here comes Chris Lardieri with some great wisdom derived from his many years, many, many years of playing fantasy football. Take it away. Thank you, Charles. As wise as I'm alleged to be, uh, last week I told you pick up Deshaun Watson. He had a phenomenal week. Did I do it? No. I had to keep a roster spot because uh, Doug Martin's coming back from suspension. I need Jaquiz Rogers to play in his place. But uh, uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I will say in that vein, if Doug Martin's out there, pick him up. You know, I think he really ran well in the preseason. He, you know, now that he's coming off the suspension, I think he'll be well-rested. Keep an eye on him, especially headed into this uh, this week's Thursday night affair with the Patriots and their porous defense. Um, look, a fantasy football player's worst nightmare is upon us, the bye week. Never mind injuries. You now need to play. You log in and you realize, oh, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are on bye. What am I going to do? Drew Brees is on bye. Well, it's time to get out there and look for some waiver wire picks. I don't want you to just focus on this week. Start looking forward a couple weeks. Alvin Kamara, who I mentioned earlier, you're going to get sick of me saying his name. I think he's going to really emerge as a fantasy football uh, running back on your team eventually this season. And it may very well happen starting this past week. He's on by. He's going to be sitting out there. Pick him up if you've got a roster spot. You can start him the rest of the year. So look forward a week or two. Start anticipating who's on by, who's slipped through waivers. If your kicker is on by, just start rotating them. Don't, don't keep an extra kicker on the bench. At this point in the season, it's not worth it. They're a dime a dozen. Um, in terms of specific names, this week you need to stream a, a quarterback, which I may need to potentially with Marcus Mariota's hamstring injury. Look, pains me to say this. Eli Manning against the Chargers could be a good play. Same with Andy Dalton. Look, he's he's had thrown a couple touchdowns each of the past few weeks. He's a good guy to plug in if you need someone. Uh, if Jared Goff's still out there, I think really that's kind of become a popular waiver wire pick. Go get him. I mean, I know they're playing the Seahawks, but he's been putting up points the last few weeks. And then finally, the dreaded injury. You know, Dalvin Cook, we were very high on, headed into right. the season. Unfortunately, Torres ACL is done for the year. Two popular pickups are going to be Latavius Murray, the former Raiders now with the Vikings, and uh, – the venerable Jarek McKinnon, who always seems to work his way into the Vikings lineup, they're going to be popular. I mean, don't go out of your way to get them unless you've got you've got uh, you've got Vikings issues and you need a running back or you know um, there's really no one else out there for you. 
But those are going to be the popular pickups. There are other guys out there. I mentioned last week, Dante Foreman out of the Texans. He could be a guy that you stash. I know Lamar Miller's playing, but that's a guy who's getting more and more touches every week. Wendell Smallwood with the Eagles we mentioned last week did well against the Chargers. So guys like that you want to look for. And then finally, uh, like I said, keep an eye on those, those bye weeks. They're really going to kill you. You don't want to be looking the morning of a game and saying, oh, there's no one out there for me to pick up. So don't just look this week. Scroll forward. I can't reiterate that enough. Don't stash a defense or a kicker on your bench ever if they're on bye. That's my final thought for you. You will thank me. So just because someone was a good defense one week doesn't mean they're going to do it every week. Other than the 2,000 Ravens and the 85 Bears, they're not worth holding on to. That's all I got for you, Charles. Good luck. <laughs> there you go. And remember, everybody, uh, follow Chris on Twitter at Chris L Sports. That's C-H-R-I-S-L Sports. Uh, follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. And we're about ready to sign out here. Chris, uh, any final words for everyone? Look, I know people are going to get tired of me saying this, but I've got to talk about my good buddy in yours, the Ken doll, Roger Goodell, and how he's completely bungled this San Diego to L.A. move of a once popular and proud franchise. The logic of it was, well, they're going to play in this intimate 25, 26,000 seat soccer stadium and it'll be good. Well, when you double or triple the ticket prices and charge $100 for parking just to make up for the 30 or 40,000 seats you don't have anymore, Spanos family, I'm talking to you, it's going to backfire on you. And it's now turned into what we saw towards the end in San Diego where the visiting team is an advantage. Well, now the visiting fans are pretty much taking over that stadium to the point where Philip Rivers called a timeout at one point. Um, this thing was completely bungled. If they were going to move, you know Spanos wanted to move. He was all about the money. The league wanted a relocation fee. I think it's a bunch of BS, but you know what? It was going to happen anyway. The wheels were in motion. Why not let them finish out in San Diego like the Raiders are doing in Oakland? Right. This is a colossal failure. And Charles, we've been saying for two years, there aren't Chargers fans here in L.A. There are some down in Orange County or areas that border closer to San Diego, but not a big fan base. A lot of people here root for the Rams and the Raiders or even the 49ers or for whatever team from wherever they move from back east or the Midwest. This is really, really going to be an issue for the NFL. I mean, can you imagine what the Raiders-Chargers game on New Year's Eve is going to look like? Good job, Roger. <laughs> yeah, I just think that with the with the whole movement I ta- heard about the Initially, the Raiders and the Chargers wanting to move. The natural thing, to, and I think the Raiders would, just for the record, I think they'll be fine out in Vegas because it's an easy trip up to 15 from, uh, from here in Southern California, and they got a big fan base here. But you got a sparkling new stadium, you would think. Rams, Raiders share that stadium, and then the Chargers move to wherever they move to. But anyways, hey, what do I know? Maybe when I have a billion dollars, I'll understand these really uh, ridiculous decisions that are made. Well, if you follow my Gambler's Delight picks, you're well on your way, right, Charles? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Remember, uh, follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. Follow Chris on Twitter at Chris L Sports. And for Chris Lardieri, this is Charles E. Smith Jr. signing off. Thank you for watching NFL Football Talk. We'll see everybody next week. Brink here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly.
to, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.